Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, we got another week down here in the NFL. It's week 12, my friend, which means we're on the precipice of Thanksgiving week. And what more of a beautiful thing is there on Thanksgiving Day than football and football in general? Because I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the 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 hard sell and just the overall enthusiasm I have for this podcast at the front of this podcast instead of at the end of it. Listen, folks, if you got if you got side dishes, right? And you got a little space for your phone or Bluetooth speaker, put it there. <laughs> it's a perfect place for football in general. No, I'm joking. Um, or am I? It's the question. Trevor, <clears throat> last week <laughs> your Vikings fell. They eight and two. Um, a shellacking is what a lot of people would call it. In fact, I would yeah, call it that's, more. Uh, that's a nice yeah. word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they fell from the cl- the um, I guess, let's just say the the pedestal of what is sometimes a very difficult place to be in the NFL of one of the best records in the NFL, primarily the best record in the NFC. They fell from this from from the from God's graces and. Not only that, but we saw a variety of weird things happen. Mostly that Philadelphia almost lost. Um, Kansas City had a barn burner on a, on a Sunday night with, with Los Angeles. And uh, Washington Commanders are somehow 6-5. and five. Lastly, the, the New England Patriots won on a game-winning punt return and Cordero Paris and set the NFL record. One of the wackiest weeks you'll probably ever watch in NFL history. Is that fair to say? Well, and yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a really uh, drama filled weekend. Uh, a lot of interesting developments. Um, you know, putting the the heartbreak I felt for my Vikings aside, uh, seeing Cordell Cordell Patterson, uh, seeing him finally break the single season kick return. Or sorry, not the single season, the career kick return uh, touchdown record. Because uh, he had been in a three-way tie for, I think, the last two or three years. Um, and we don't like ties in the NFL. Uh, and, and you know, he he really got on his way to, to this record in his first couple of seasons with the Vikings. Um, and he's always been that guy. You know, some people forget, but he's always been, at any moment, capable of, <laughs> of breaking a kick return out for a touchdown. And it's just really cool to see it happen. Uh, I, I, I'd i be interested to know how many different teams he's done it for now because this has got to be, like, probably at least the fourth team that he's returned to kick off for a touchdown for. He even, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he returned one as a Patriot at one point. He did. Like in Chicago. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh so it's just really really interesting to to see and it's uh it's a piece of NFL history uh and uh you know if if you were a Vikings fan years ago you've been following him ever since he came into the league so it's really fun to watch Definitely um this is a fun week I mean Cordell Patterson's probably one of the more electric players in the NFL and he's over 30 which means he's basically dead NFL terms. <laughs> right yeah. well especially so, being a a, a you know a, a kick slash punt return man and uh and a running back uh he's shown quite a bit of longevity there <laughs> no question yeah without question well sit, setting our sights on week 12 here um obviously i mentioned in the beginning thanksgiving day week one of my favorite weeks of the year in terms of football but also just i love thanksgiving day 
couldn't help but think about well times of the, well you know we would usually associate this time of the year with John Madden and the Turducken and um, the Iron Man Award on uh, I think it's what it's called right they would give out he would give out to the best player on Thanksgiving and it would just be, be a, like a fat guy eating some massive leg of turkey right um, well and, and it, it got to the point where they they you know six players get awarded a leg each um which is just really fun because there's plenty of plenty of legs to go around at the end of those games right it would be like man be like no i don't understand like why does a turkey have six legs or you know maybe like drawing (laughs) drawing circles on the like uh where's the where's the two legs there's there's a leg here and you got a leg here yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway i just missed the guy to death and um times times like this make you really appreciate the talent he had not only on the mic but also just as a head coach and i mean he was just polarizing and just an amazing an amazing amazing face for the nfl you know as we talked about um when he passed this past may or i think june whenever it was um in the off season um now you it kind of resonates with you that he's gone because we don't have him to host one of these games um it's kind of it's sad it's sad but i'll tell you what Trevor, I got one thing for you that Madden really liked. Can you guess what it is? Ooh, uh, I'm going to guess gravy. He ah, liked gravy. <laughs> my man. My man, right? Um, yes, yes. Uh, Madden did like gravy. In fact, if you don't have gravy on your dining room table here for Thanksgiving, you're doing it wrong, and you're a jabroni, or you just might be somebody who doesn't like the sweet drippings of a fantasy football win. And you don't like to surf the waiver wire like I do, and you don't like to live life on the edge, and you're not a free spirit in, in the NFL, uh, free agent, our waiver wire, fantasy football. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Listen, people, all I can tell you is that I got guys on this waiver wire. Look, I know them very well personally. Most of them are going to be great pickups for you this week. Starting off, here comes the gravy. We're going to take it out. We're whisking it up right now, buddy. You can hear it. Right, we're getting it out. We're putting it on the table. Can you guess who the first one's going to be, Trevor? Let's let's play a guessing game. Can you guess who I'm going to say first? I, I have not one clue. <laughs> okay, it's just going to get more and more ridiculous. So, whether or not you actually want to pick this guy up, I think he's worth just mentioning. If anything, for a an entertaining conversation about other Trevors that happen to be in the NFL, and who happens to be a lifetime backup quarterback, a former Denver Bronco, Minnesota Viking. Houston Texan? I, so he's played for a lot of teams. I'm just going to cut to the chase. He's Trevor Simeon, and he could be starting this week for the injured Justin Fields, who has a dislocated shoulder. If it was me, I wouldn't play Justin Fields if I was the Bears. It's not my team. It could be. Maybe someday when I become league commissioner or commissioner of the, of the sports world, I will make that decision. If your star player is hurt, you have to sit him. Till now, I'm just a guy on, behind a mic who um, has a lot of really good insight and can make a really mean gravy with Turkey. Nonetheless, Trevor Simeon, eighth in FPA is New York Jets. Um, they've been shutting down, I mean, teams left and right, but there's been a few kind of, um, I don't know what you want to call them, just blips here and there in terms of like fantasy football games that just some random, random player has on a team. Um, Kenny Pickett had a good fantasy football, a, a good fantasy game against them. I think that Trevor Simeon sort of has, I don't know why I feel like this, but I like, I like what Chicago Bears have, even if, um, what's his name, Khalil Herbert is out. They still got <clears throat> Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet. He's a super flex. 
a deep one, but if you really had to go for somebody because you're on a bye, actually, there's no teams on a bye this week, but if you had to go deep, I'd say Trevor Simeon. Here's another one. I'm going real old school with this one. Joe Flacco, um, possible starter Ooh. this week, going against the Chicago Bears, 17th in FPA. Um, once again, it's it's probably not likely that you'll need anybody on the waiver wire in terms of quarterback. I just want to throw him out because when he did start, he averaged 19 fantasy points per game, which is more than, I want to say, 15 or 16 starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, what they average. So Joe Flacco, um, 17th in FPA is Chicago Bears. Sorry, neither of these guys are really rostered in any leagues. They're basically just speculation at this point, but I just want to keep an eye on them in case you need somebody. <clears throat> in case you don't have a good matchup, you want to start somebody. And then this is kind of an interesting one. I don't know how, how much he actually is a free agent. He's not a free agent in my league, but this is Ryan Tannehill. A guy who's been playing actually pretty well. Scored 23 fantasy points last week against Green Bay. Second week in a row, he's done at least 20. Um, and 20 in four of seven games this year. So um, it's kind of interesting where Ryan Tannehill's at because you would, you would think, well, um, it's Ryan Tannehill. Why would I want to play him? Well, fourth and FPA is Cincinnati. I agree. They're stingy. However... They played against Green Bay last week, who has a good defense, and he's been pretty damn efficient this whole season. Derrick Henry gets better as the year goes on. I think that Ryan Tannehill is worth a look at, and 30% of leagues he's rostered in right now. So, um, moving on to our running backs. This is Trevor's boy from the University of Oklahoma, Boomer, Samaj Pirine. So, this is a guy oh, that man. caught three, yeah, three touchdowns last week. Um, <clears throat> four catches, 15, 52 yards, three touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to score three touchdowns every week. Certainly this matchup against Tennessee is not the most favorable. They're fifth, fifth in FPA against running backs. But um, Joe Mixon could be out week 12 with a concussion. Uh, P. Ryan looks like he's making some moves in the backfield. He's got the trust of Joe Burrow. If he's anything, he's a PPR guy. He could get you 15 points potentially. Without Joe Mixon, he's worth pickup. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've no, been right about these uh, running backs. I've it's, been right it's, about them. It's always been interesting to me this this dynamic that they've found in Cincinnati with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan because of course they're both Oklahoma running backs and uh P. Ryan was uh always that guy. He was never the starter at OU, but he could finish games. And uh that's what we saw last week is he stepped up when they needed him to. And uh he's a running back that they can get creative with, uh throwing the ball. So I, I I like that analysis. I like him in this matchup. And just a quick rewind, I like what I hear about uh, from you about Ryan Tannehill. It's kind of a situation where, you know, when he's playing for a team that asks less of him, because they do ask less of him than Miami did, even though he doesn't have the same weapons as a quarterback would like, he's just – he's. He's in an easier situation. I, I think he's in a situation with the Titans where he, he's not going to throw the interception as often because he's not being asked to throw it as often and, and in the same situations. So I like both of those guys. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to skip ahead to wider series just because I don't have a lot of running backs, but this is one guy I want to talk about. It's Jameson Williams. Uh, Detroit has activated him off of the, uh, the IR. So he could be debuting sometime in the next three weeks. So obviously we've got three weeks left in fantasy. Sad to say it out loud. But moving on to the to the, to the football, the, the, the playoffs. Jesus, I'm having a hard time talk, saying words today. The fantasy football playoffs starting week 14 or 15, in your case, whenever, I don't know how they're doing it this year. But nonetheless, um, Jameson Williams, a rookie, Alabama, wide receiver from Alabama, tore his ACL, roster in 31% of leagues, 
Detroit throws the ball a lot. They're usually down. They're four and six, though. They're four and six. We're going to talk about Detroit here in a bit and what I think they could really do against Buffalo and why they've been so successful. But Jameson Williams with Armand Ross St. Brown, uh, Craig Reynolds, uh, Josh Reynolds. I don't know. I've thrown another Reynolds here. I don't, Robert Reynolds. I don't know. Uh, Burt Reynolds, apparently. Um, <laughs> he's going to be um, – I think he's I think he's worth kind of picking up or stashing if you got a deep league. I'm not sure if, if that's your case, but I'd keep an eye on him. And then Traylon Burks, another receiver, rookie receiver. They, they tend to come on later in the season, some of these guys. 29% of leagues is rostered and 7th in FPA is Cincinnati. But breakout game against Green Bay last week, 7 catches, 111 yards and 8 targets. 51-yard um, grab late in the game. Look, uh, he has a lot of chemistry with Tannehill. I think he's worth keeping an eye on or picking up. Um, he's got the number one receiver there. Robert Woods is also kept seeing a lot of targets. I, I think Tennessee can make a run here. We were talk- Trevor and I were talking about San Francisco. Who came on the podcast today and sort of where they're going to be sitting at as a favorite in the NFC. I don't think people should overlook the Tennessee. Um, I mean, maybe as a favorite, but may- maybe a stronger upper echelon, sort of like top three team in the AFC. Um, they've been playing good. They've been playing good. And granted, I'm not going to go back on what I said before the season about a whole bunch of things about running teams and how they never make the, the, the Super Bowl. Uh, I still don't think that'll happen, but uh, I do think that Tennessee is worth keeping an eye on for some of their skill players, including Austin Hooper, who's available in, uh, 11, he's at roster in 11% of league, excuse me, but past two games, he has 11 targets, nine catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. So we all know how barren this tight end position is. And for God's sakes, if you have anything that works, you basically just start them or stream them every week, unless <laughs> you have four guys in the NFL that are worth playing. Otherwise, you're crap out of luck, and you're kind of starting trash every week, like me. Because you live and die with the gravy, and that's what you drink instead of Gatorade when you're thirsty, and you need to start somebody on your fantasy <laughs> football team. So, so lastly, you know, I like to go end off with defenses. Um, a couple defenses to keep an eye on this week. Pittsburgh Steelers roster 41% of leagues going against Indy. Um, I, I don't think that's a massively good matchup, but it, I mean, there's definitely worse ones out there if in case you need somebody to spot start. You just want to throw them in. Uh, Miami against Houston. Even though Miami's defense has been terrible, they're rostering 40, 42% of leagues. Houston's been abysmal if you watched last week. I think poor Damian Pierce got basically powerbombed like WWE style in the game. Uh, it was just really rough to watch. Yeah. Suplex um, City. <laughs> Yeah, it was just ugly. It was really bad. Um, and then I want to throw a kicker out here. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not great with the kickers, but Jason Sanders, Miami Dolphins kicker, rostering 28% of leagues against Houston this week. I already mentioned Miami. I think it's going to be kind of a field goal game. Um, it's at, it's home, but Miami in the end that uh, November December get a little rainy. I think they'll be running the ball a lot between Raheem Mustard and Jeff Wilson Jr. And that's why I like. Jason Sanders as a pickup, 28% of leagues for kickers. I don't usually go the kicker route, but I'm unconventional, and I do things kind of wacky here. Moving on to the games, my friend. Are you ready to talk about Turkey Day, Thanksgiving Day football? Are you ready for it? Here we go. Okay, so starting off, the Buffalo Bills at the resurgent Detroit Lions. at Buffalo favorite 9.5 points over under 54 it's a game that's going to have potentially a lot of fireworks, Trevor. And Buffalo's already been in Detroit for, what, basically like a week and a half now? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd be yeah, it's, interested it's to know. 
if uh, if any of them made the trip back for just two days before turning around and coming back, I wouldn't want to personally. But you never know what the, these guys travel in style. Uh, they're not flying coach like me. But uh, but yeah, they they're uh, Detroit. They they, they already played a, a home game technically in Detroit. So uh, I, I bet there's a lot of Bills fans that stayed. Um, that that's who the Bills fans are right now. They they they, you know, even at seven and three, they feel pretty good. They believe in this team. They think it's their year, um, and they could be right. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, an even bigger Bills crowd there than there would have been without this uh, rescheduled game last week. Um, I, I definitely like the Bills to win this game, uh, but I do think that the Lions are going to give us something to watch. Uh, I take them to cover the nine and a half point spread. I think the Bills could win by as little as a field goal, uh, maybe closer to a touchdown. Um, but uh, I don't see them winning by ten points. So I'm taking the Lions to cover. Um, Going to take the over on the fifty four. Uh, the the Bills are playing better than they did two weeks ago. Uh, but I, I don't have a lot of love for either one of these defenses <laughs> right now. So I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board. Bills take the win. Detroit's won three in a row. Um, I mean, they've run the ball really, really well with uh, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, and uh, another, I can't remember his name, Jackson, something like that. I think he was a draft pick from, uh, yes, Justin Jackson from San Diego, or Los Angeles Chargers, may they rest in peace, um, a few years ago. Jamal Williams, man, 12 touchdowns in the year. Jared Goff's been playing well, 15 for 7. Uh, in terms of ratio, touchdown, interception. Monterey St. Brown's had two good games in a row. I Yeah, yeah, Detroit, you need to look out for them. I think you made a good point on the cover. If you're looking to bet on this game, that's kind of where the position going. But I'm talking about fantasy. I mentioned last week I think Buffalo is going to keep running the ball. Sure enough, that's all he did last week against Cleveland to keep to protect Josh Allen. I think it's going to be the same here considering how vulnerable Detroit's defense is. So if you got Devin Singletary or James Cook, uh, I think Singletary might be out. I could be wrong. Oh, he yeah, could be way wrong. Well, I, I think Cook had a pretty decent game. Last time I looked, he was up over 80 yards on the day last week. So uh, mm-hmm. if Singletary's out, uh, Cook is a, a real good start. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's not out, but it could be splitting. I'm not sure. But if that is the case, they're going to be run heavy. And I think James Cook is a free agent in most leagues. So keep an eye on him. But uh, yeah, that's. Kind of my fantasy analysis for this one. Moving on, NFC East matchup. We get one early in the day, the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Traditional game for the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Same thing with Detroit. I think Detroit goes, what, like 100? Are they like, how many years in a row have they played one? Detroit, 88 years in a row or something like that? Uh, it is, it's something like that because I think that tradition goes back to the 40s, uh, so which, would, which would mean it's like at least 80, close to 80, if not 80 years old now. Um, it's an old, old tradition. Um, they still haven't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost well, like a feudal franchise. <laughs> it's just sad. Yeah. Sad. Um, um, but no, when it comes to this Giants Cowboys game, this yeah, one, uh, this one is really interesting. <clears throat> uh, both teams at seven and three, both getting their their own way. Um, the Cowboys. I see a lot more consistency out of the Giants. The Cowboys, you know, they 
They were without Dak Prescott for a few weeks. Um, I'll just say they looked good last week. Moving on from that. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it'd be hard not to take the Cowboys at home. They're 4-1 and one at home this year. Um, the Giants are 3-1 and one away, so I think that they'll travel well. The, the type of football they play goes well on the road, you know, mistake-free, fundamental-type type football. Um, so this, this could be a really, you know, I, I don't like to overuse this phrase, but this feels like an old-school NFL uh, matchup for for these teams, this division, and this this special day that we all love to watch football on. Um, I can't believe how much I'm looking forward to a Giants Cowboys matchup because um, I'm excited about this game. Uh, this is the uh, you know uh, local time for me. It's going to be the 3:30 kickoff, uh, which means we won't be that far from uh, from serving the main course. Um, it's just going to be a really good game to tune into. Uh, that being said, I I don't think the Cowboys are going to blow away the Giants the way they did uh, whoever they played last week. Um, but uh, you know the, the Giants, I think when they get when they get the ball, they're going to play smart football. Um, I think they're going to play the run hard against the Cowboys, which is what really worked for them last week against you know the team that won't be named. Uh, so. I, I again, I'm going to take Dallas to win. They're the favorite team, but I don't like the nine and a half point spread. I think the Giants cover, um, and I, I, I think this. I'm going to take the under on this one. I think, I think these teams are going to make <clears throat> each other punt a few times, um, and it's, it's just going to be, you know, the, the Cowboys' defense is playing really well. Um, I, I like this one to stay lower than 45 points. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys to win, Giants to cover, taking the under. <clears throat> Dallas, best best fantasy football team in defense <laughs> stats. Did I just say that right? Did that come out correctly? Um, the best team, fantasy football-wise, in terms of defense, and FBA across the board, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, is all very low. 42 sacks on the year. The Dallas defense, 42 sacks in 10 games. That's That is astounding. Uh, Michael Parsons is incredible. He'll be going against the best left tackle in football right now, Andrew Thomas. Look, if you're a fat guy, if you're a fat guy lover and you love trenches, you got to watch that matchup. Even if you don't, it's going to be really interesting because you're talking about two guys who are extremely athletic, very young. They're going to be playing each other twice a year, probably for the next about five to eight years, you know, considering left tackle and pass rushers are probably, yeah, in their prime until about 30, right? Right. (laughs) It's crazy to think. Yeah. yeah, the Cowboys, 42 sacks on the season. 39 yeah. of them came last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're on a roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was nine of them. It wasn't 39. It was nine, right? <laughs> was it nine? <laughs> you, you said 39. <laughs> but anyway. No, I, I, anyway. I was exaggerating. Anyway. Yeah, I, I yeah, lost yeah. count of how many sacks Jeez. they got last Holy week. Good sh- God. Holy crap. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, just a team that gets after it, and uh, they beat. Uh, they beat New York with Cooper Rush, uh, I think week four or three or something like that on a Sunday night football. I don't expect him to lose here, but fantasy wise, I think uh, CD Lamb's pretty relevant. Um, New York's had a good secondary, but um, I think matching up against him has been very difficult for them the past couple of years. And, um, you know, I like this is going to be a weird one. I'm going to throw it at you. I, I haven't heard much from him here this season, but I think Dalton Schultz is a guy who's kind of getting an uptick. 
and, and stats. He's got 29 catches, 279 yards. He started eight games, been banked up. Since Dak Prescott, Prescott's come back, he's got more targets. He's got 20 combined in the last three weeks. Um, Dalton Schultz, yeah, something about him and, and, and New York. I think I think you're going to see more of him on Thanksgiving considering it's a short week and he's just going to be a big body that's going to get open. Uh, I like Dalton Schultz. Um, Wandale Robinson, uh, I think he broke his foot or something. He's out for the rest of the season for New York. I think that's a big blow for them. Um, and they trapped, they, they traded to Kadarius Tony. They don't really have much out there, but somehow they figured it out all year. If Dayball can do it, anybody, anybody can, then it'll be him. But, um, yeah, I like the Dallas defense and stardom for Daniel Jones. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to him, but he could end up in, turning into Swiss cheese and make him naked as, uh, as they say out there. Once you get a lot of pressure, you end up naked out there as a quarterback. So speaking of people who are naked, the the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings, your Sunday night Thanksgiving Day football game. Two and a half point favorites, Minnesota. Over under 42 and a half. Well, the reason I said speaking of Nick is because that's basically what Kirk Cousins was last week when he got sacked nine times. And I can't imagine yeah. going going against New England, it'll be any better. But with Matt, Matt no. Judon. So that that to me really is, and we won't know until the game gets started. Uh, but, you know, you know, two weeks ago, the Vikings offensive line played better than I've uh, maybe ever seen a Vikings O-line protect their quarterback uh, against the Bills. And then last week, uh, Christian Derrissaw, mm-hmm. uh second concussion in two weeks, went into percussion, concussion protocol, didn't come back into the game, and, uh, you know, it, it, it fell apart. Um, so right now, that's what I see as the, the major factor um, you know, there, there are things to address uh, on how the defense played last week. But but really, if they can protect Kirk Cousins playing at home, they've got a really good shot at winning this game. If they cannot, if, if Christian Derrissaw is not playing or if he or if he leaves the game again, um, not, nothing's working. Um, so, you know, I, I got to believe that the Vikings will find a way to win after such a bad game playing at home. But. It is a primetime game. I don't like admitting uh, Kirk Cousins' struggles with, with primetime, but he, he <laughs> historically has. So I think the line on this one being less than three points makes a lot of sense. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, you know, the, the Patriots are going to get after Kirk Cousins, healthy O-line or not. That, that's, that's definitely, you know, what I expect Belichick to, to do. Uh, so... You know the the success or failure of the home team really might rest on one or two big plays by guys like Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson. You know, can they go <laughs> you know sixty yards for a touchdown? But uh, yeah, th- this one's really t- obviously it's hard for me to be non-biased in these, um, but I do like the Vikings at home this week. Uh, and it being less than three points, I'll take them to beat the spread. Um, over under forty two and a half. This this feels like an under again to me. I just I unless uh, unless the Patriots just really run away with it, I don't uh, I don't see this one being super high scoring. You know, it's two teams that really like to run the ball, and ironically, <clears throat> it's two of the best run defenses in the NFL. You may not know that that Minnesota is one of the best run defenses. Jesus, they weren't last week. 
<laughs> not last week, yeah, but considering what Tony Pollard and what Ezekiel Elliott did to him. But, um, I, I mean, you can even make that a case for New England considering what you know Chicago and Baltimore did to him. You wouldn't know. I don't know if that means the competition just isn't running it, but it is. And, and FBA, they are two of the two, two stingiest running um, defenses in the NFL. The Patriots have only allowed one rushing touchdown all year. One, one rushing touchdown all year. 36 sacks. Um, just a very stingy defense. I, I think it's a tough matchup for Minnesota, but I think if anybody can do it, I, I don't know why I have faith in Justin Jefferson here because he's probably one of the best in the NFL. I should. Um, but 6'4", 220, I, I don't know who on New England can realistically cover him unless they double, and then what? Then you got you still got Hawkinson. They've been terrible against tight ends um, defense-wise or last like two. I mean, probably since Belichick's been there. I, I could be wrong, but... You know, give me a stat line and tell me if I'm if I'm dip, if it if it's wrong. But I, I really do think that, um, yeah, that he could hurt him, Hawkinson, uh, New England. And if New England's going to win well, this game, they got to score more than three points on offense. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just the way it's going to be. It's just well, the, and, you know, Hawkinson Hawkinson's going to be looking for some redemption. Um, you know, w- when the Vikings beat the Bills, especially in that that fourth quarter overtime, everybody was playing at their best and last week certain things stood out in terms of failure but really it was a group failure last week Hawkinson <laughs> had some terrible drops that would have sustained drives even a even a scoring pass that was dropped in the end zone um so you know knowing what kind of player he is I don't expect him to have that same issue this week whether or not the ball comes his way or not but uh yeah I think there's I think there's a lot of individuals on that Vikings roster that are looking for a, a redemption performance, uh, you know, a short week later. Um, either way, though, I think uh, I think these three games that we've spent the last 20, 25 minutes talking about these this this is the most excited I've been for a, a Thursday, uh, sorry, a Thanksgiving lineup in a long time. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, it's hard to stay glued to the TV all day on a day like Thanksgiving, but I'm going to do my best. <clears throat> yeah, no question. Uh, so, I mean, they were talking about, I can't remember, a uh, Thanksgiving where every single game basically had some implication to it or had potential to be very competitive. Um, and most of the time, the, the early game is a complete like snooze fest. It's either really bad or a, a blowout. <laughs> yeah. So, the the yeah, Lions are the we'll only... The Lions yeah. are the only team under 500, and no one is surprised that that would be the only team in this lineup under yeah. 500. But like you said, yeah. they're on a three-game win streak um, against hey, uh, you know the Bills. Are you know they're tough to get a read on. They could be everything that the Bills fans want them to be, or they. I mean, they lose this game, and the narrative really turns around on them. Um, so yeah, every single one of these games has uh, big implications, and uh, a lot of teams with a lot on the line. No question. Let's skip the Sunday. We're gonna have three whole days here and turn the clock forward. No, no sleep gain, no sleep loss. Don't worry, we're gonna keep you here. Cincinnati at Tennessee, a one and a half point favorite. Cincinnati over under forty two and a half. Um, speaking of game with big playoff implications, the AFC is basically a jumbled mess from seed three on down, and I mean, look, Tennessee wins this game, man. They're in the driver's seat. Um, Cincinnati's got to kind of – they got to stay in the in the hunt. I mean, they're, no, they're trying to get a, a, Yeah, they're trying to get absolutely. something started here. Absolutely. 
and 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 we have this situation in in both uh conferences where you have one mm-hmm. uh you know it's either the NFC East or the AFC East where all four teams could make the playoffs um but uh but just the way that is stacked up right now in the AFC East you know this could be we could see you know who's going to make the playoffs the Bengals or the Ravens maybe <clears> not both um so yeah, these these sort of games are real important because almost certainly we're going to see teams that could go on a playoff run not make the playoffs, and so that's what teams like all these six, seven win teams in the AFC. That's what they're playing for in the next few weeks is to try and create some separation between them and these other pretty good teams. So uh, the I. I I like that Cincinnati is favored on the road in Nashville. I, I picked the, I'm going to pick the Bengals to win, but this is going to be, this is going to be a really tough game. Both these teams love to run the ball, and they they have excellent running backs. Uh, I I think that both these teams have somewhat under the radar defenses um, that that can play really good, play really good situational defense. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I, this is, you know, I, our listeners hear me say this way too often, but this is one of those games that's going to tell us a lot about whoever comes out on top. Um, especially, can you imagine if one of these teams dominates this game? That would be, that's hard to imagine right now, but it could happen. Um, so, yeah, this is one you don't want to miss. I'm taking Cincinnati to win, which means I'm taking Cincinnati to beat the spread. Forty-two and a half. I gotta take the over on this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And quick fantasy point here, I guess. Um, Tennessee. Actually, you know, you said an underrated defense. Well, not on the back end. One of the worst secondaries in the league. Eighteen touchdowns allowed um, to, I think, eight interceptions, and thirty-three thousand yards to the air allowed. So most one of, the, one of the most FPAs in terms of quarterbacks. One of the most FPAs in terms of wide receivers. So I think. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get pressure on Joe Burrow, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't really see it happening. I think Cincinnati should win this game pretty handily. I don't know why I think that. I don't have any faith in Tennessee. I had no idea they were 7-3 and till we, till we came on this podcast today. I did. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, that's that's, I, that's, you, that's exactly ever, who they've been the last couple of seasons. Everyone forget, I, Last year, they were the number one seed. And, and already, this is because they didn't win a game in the playoffs last year. It feels that way all over again. Uh, when it was, what was it, two years ago, they made it to the AFC championship. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this, this, the Titans are, they're easy to sleep on and it's not always, you know, sometimes you, you're right to sleep on them, but every once in a while they really surprise you. And, uh, if they get to play, if, if they're, you know, if at halftime they're still able to play their style of football, then I think they could really win this game. I don't expect that to happen, though. I really do think the Bengals will get some separation, and once Tannehill has to throw the ball more than they want him to, uh, I think that'll tell the tale. Okay, moving on to the friskiest game this week, the Atlanta Falcons at the Washington Commanders. Four-point favorites at Washington, over under 42. Taylor Heineke's got him playing like, I don't know, like like Joe Theismann in the 80s, but a but, but buddy, but it's probably butter. <laughs> but, but <laughs> it's been a long like week already. Like butter, Tuesday. <laughs> like butter, kid. You know, um, Atlanta 
Another team, you have no idea how they're five and six. They're very well coached. Marcus Mario is making plays, even though he's just, I mean, I don't know, just terrible, terrible to watch on film. But nonetheless, it's a, yeah, it's a frisky-ass game. It's a very frisky game, Trevor. I think we, we got two very competitive teams here, very well coached, especially at the top of the head coach position. What do you think? No, I, I think uh, I think these are two teams that, uh, you know, they, they – the, both these teams play really hard football in spite of getting very little respect throughout the league. Uh, and that can be really fun to watch. Uh, the Falcons are, are fighting for a, a division win, or sorry, you know, division championship, which would get them in the playoffs. They're, they're still in the hunt there. The Commanders, uh, I believe, are still last in their division with tiebreakers. Six and five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but still six and five. They're not going to mm-hmm. win their division, but they're still playing for the playoffs. Um, and, and, and nobody expects either of these teams to get into the playoffs and go on a run. But, uh, but it's something to build on, which is, you know, a lot to programs like these. Um, you know, I, man, you know, the, the, uh, you know, I think a lot of people can uh, agree with me. It's really fun to root for the underdogs, especially – when they're not a division rival. Um, so, you know, there's a part of me that wants both of these teams to get the win, but I got to go commanders here. Um, and I'm just now looking at the spread Washington by four. I agree with that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Falcons to cover though. I think this comes down to three or less points, but uh, I like, I like the way both these teams are playing, but there's something special about Tyler Heineke um and and the way he really motivates these guys uh even i think even the defense plays harder for their quarterback with the commanders right now um so yeah i'm going to take the commanders uh home game win uh they improve to seven and five and and keep the flame on the rest of their division yeah quick f quick uh fantasy moment here um so Atlanta across the board, one of the worst teams in FPA quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I honestly don't hate any Washington commander start this week, but between Brian Robinson, even Taylor Heineke, he's a free agent uh, in a lot of leagues. I think he was only owned in like 31% of leagues or something like that. Um, he's played kind of well, to be honest. He's, he's at, um, I'm trying to think about 15, 16 points per game right now. And he's been efficient. Taylor, Terry McLaurin has benefited a lot. I read the stat yesterday, 15 drop passes for the Washington Commanders team in the first, I think, five or six weeks of the year. And the last, since Taylor Heineke took over, no drop passes. I don't know what that says about Carson Wentz, but we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams, a 3-7 and seven Super Bowl title winning, returning team uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs. The only reason I picked this game, because listen to this spread. KC's 14.5 point favor, over under 44. No Matt Stafford. Uh, a man named Bryce Perkins will start. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I don't I, I don't have much intel on Bryce Perkins, but nonetheless, he will be starting. And uh, you will be watching, <laughs> for better or for worse. So, well, um, it seems like this, yeah, uh, this game. Oof. Yeah, so this game, I, I was already thinking about this game uh, on Monday night uh, because we had the, the Mexico City game. And uh, the last game that was supposed to be played in Mexico City was Chiefs-Rams, uh, you know, 2019. 
And yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like the and, 50, and 52, got, 48 game or something. Yeah, it yeah. got canceled because terrible conditions at the field. So it didn't get played in Mexico City, and it was such a shame because it was one of the best games we'd ever <laughs> seen. Um, and here we are, you know, four seasons later, three seasons later, however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, it's 2022, and uh, yeah, the... The Chiefs are just going to dominate. I, I don't really like, you know, it, it's easy for me to pick against uh, a 10-point-plus spread, but, the, the, the oh, man, this is going to be an ugly, it's going to be a sad rematch of one of the better regular season games we've ever seen. And uh, it's just, you know, yeah, it, what, what can you say about the Rams right now without Cooper Cup, without a run game, uh, the defense isn't living up to its potential, uh, which is understandable when you can't get anything going on offense. That's really tough for a defense to deal with. Um, I, yeah, you, you got to take the Chiefs to win at home here. Um, I'm going to take the over on the 44 because I think the Chiefs are going to just put on a clinic at home. Um, they might they might score 45 points. Um so yeah, I, I like the over here. I like the Chiefs to beat the 15 point spread. Well, it's a 14 and a half point spread, so they'll have to score 15 to beat it. And uh, and I think that they will. Yeah, what you would think before the season started as a Super Bowl like potential matchup is not even close to anything like that anymore. <laughs> um, keep an eye on Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. They got like a revolving door there. Kansas City for the running backs. I heard Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is hurt again. Surprise, surprise. Shooting on our way over the Sunday Night Football. We got Green Bay Packers at the Philadelphia Eagles. A seven-point favorite to Philly. Over under 46.5. I mean, you know, say what you will about Green Bay, but they're still mathematically in it with the NFC being as weak as it is at the bottom. But will they actually make it? <laughs> That's the better question. And who's to blame, really, right? Is it the bonehead quarterback doing drugs in the offseason? Is it the bonehead head coach who doesn't know what he's doing, who's getting in fights with, with the quarterback? Is it the lack of an owner? You know, yeah, which I said from the get by committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, is it is it the fans for being big cheeseheads? You know, I, who knows? Who knows? Or is it just frankly that their window is, is officially closed, and that's possible too? Um, yeah, well, but we're talking about one week at a time here. They're at Philly. It's going to rain. I don't think it's. I mean, the odds are, you know. Well, you'll talk about it. So, yeah. Philadelphia. Uh, so I, uh, I, I like to think that it's entirely on the quarterback. But moving on, um, I, I like the Eagles in this matchup. They, you know, they they lost two weeks ago to a division opponent. Uh, last week they uh, they got away with one against the Colts. Um, but uh, I think I think things will even out. You know, I'm not saying that uh, the Eagles are going to go all the way or anything, um, but they have that potential, and I do like them against a fairly one-dimensional Packers team and a Packers defense that that is inconsistent most most weeks. Um, it just doesn't. <laughs> it's it's all about the matchups in this one. The Eagles can move the ball on offense a variety of ways. I don't think the Packers are equipped to deal with that. Um, and on the other side, you know, they, they definitely missed Jordan Davis. And even Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue, I don't think uh, really 
uh, even that out. I think they'd rather have Jordan Davis back. Um, but rotating those two guys in and out, the what they can do, the experience that they bring, um, I think it's uh, it's going to be a tough day for the Packers offense uh, if they can't get that run game going against this tough Eagles D-line. So I got to take the Eagles to win. When it comes to the over-under, <laughs> or sorry, the uh, the spread, seven points, for me, that's a push. I think this is a seven-point game. So I really can't t- tell you to, to you know, that the Packers will beat the spread or that the Eagles will beat the spread. Um, but I do like the over on the 46-and-a-half. You know, it's interesting because when I looked at the FPA for this game, um, Green Bay's defense actually been performing pretty well. But with Philly, um, pretty pretty mediocre against the run. However, last week proved to be completely different. 22 carries for 88 yards for um, Jonathan Taylor and a touchdown and a fumble. They did punch the ball out one time. And with, with Donkey Kong Sue and uh, Linval Joseph, they basically solidified the defensive line short of having Jordan Davis back. I, I don't know why, but I feel like Green Bay is going to run the ball. You said they're one-dimensional. I completely agree. I just think they're going to run the ball a lot in this game and maybe get something going. It's still going to be a seven-point game. and. Philly still wins, but if you're looking at right. fantasy relevance here, yeah, that's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. That's the way. Oh, I see absolutely, it. and and mm-hmm. I think that so. you know what has worked for the Packers in the, in the games they've been successful in is they get those guys going, and then it does get guys wide open in the passing game. And if 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 Aaron can throw a good ball and the wide receivers not drop it. Because uh, usually it's one or the other. It's a good pass, but mm-hmm. it's dropped, or it's an open wide receiver, but the ball isn't on target. Um, I I just don't think that there's going to be any uh, success throwing the ball for the Packers this week. Uh, Darius Slay Jr. Um, he was he was good with the Lions. He is great with the Eagles. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to definitely take away. Uh, was it Christensen? I can't think of the the Packers' young wide receivers that have yeah, shown Christian that they Watson. can do it. Yeah. Thank you, Christian Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to have much of a chance against the Eagles' secondary. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I'll definitely be watching. Vikings fans will be watching this this game with a keen eye, uh, trying to decide who we'd rather see lose. Uh, and let's face it, we'd we'd rather see the Eagles win. <laughs> Fair enough. At least you're, at least you're, if you're not anything, Trevor, you're, you're, you're unbiased. You know? That's right. That's right. If, and if I am biased, I, I admit. I admit my bias. <laughs> right. Right. Indeed. You're very humble. You know, you're very fair. You're a fair God. You are. Okay. <laughs> the, fastest, the, the fastest 10 minutes here. We're going to go right through the rest of the games that we really left off. The quick picks, some quick fancy stuff. Move on to the next one. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Monday Night Football over under 39. Two and a half point favorite. Indy, what do you got? You know, I'm going to take the Colts at home in this one. Um, Something's just really working for uh, the Jeff Saturday Colts. Um, Whatever his style is, uh, which I got to assume is largely uh, leadership you know, lack of micromanagement type of a type of a uh, head coach. It's working. The, the Colts, the Colts were competitive against the Eagles last week. They looked even better the week before. The Steelers' defense, I think, is going to keep this one low. So I'm going to take the under on the 39 and a half. But I like the Colts to win. I like the Colts to beat the two and a half point spread. 
<clears throat> uh, TJ Watts back against for Pittsburgh, but I don't think that makes their run defense any that much better, to be honest. Jonathan Taylor, he's looked good since coming back. He's got, um, what, 21 fantasy points two games in a row, at the very least. Keep an eye on him. Has had fumbling issues, though. So, eh. But New Orleans Saints at San Francisco 49ers over under 43. San Francisco's a nine-point favorite. Um, yeah, they look great. <laughs> Monday Night Football, they yeah. look excellent. So, yeah, after that Monday night performance, the the, uh, the 49ers, they're doing what a lot of us expected them to do. They're looking better and better as they get healthier and healthier and get closer and closer to the playoffs. So uh, playing at home against an up-and-down Saints team, um, there's a lot to like about the Saints this year. I think that they uh, they really should be proud of the success they've had in spite of the problems they've faced. Uh, that being said, uh, got to take the 49ers here. Um, going to take the over because I do think that the Saints can score in some pretty surprising situations. Uh, but I like San Francisco to win. Uh, I'm going to take them to beat the spread, too. I, th- I like the 49ers by 10 in this one. Keep on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Saints are third worst for FPA. Uh, 18 touchdowns, 6 interception ratio. So if you got them, start them. The Las Vegas Raiders of Vegas go against the Seattle Seahawks, over under three and a half point favorite to Seattle, over under forty seven and a half. Sorry, combine of those. My apologies. Uh, I don't know why. I always like the the idea of this game. I, I don't I have no idea why. It's just a game I like. I've been watching for a very long time. I don't know if it's the jerseys of Bruce Irvin. I couldn't tell you. There's a lot of ties between the Vegas Raiders and the Seahawks. What do you think, Trev? Well, I I got to take the Seahawks at home in this one. Um, the Raiders, mm-hmm. they got the upset, in my opinion, the upset. I can't remember who was even favored, but I did not expect them to beat the Broncos last week. Um, I didn't expect the Broncos to, uh, to, to just dominate, but uh, the Raiders are so up and down right now. I don't see them being up two weeks in a row, especially against a really competitive Seahawks team that plays really well at home, 3-1 and one at home. Uh, so, yeah, I got to take the Seahawks in this one. Um, and I like him to beat the three-and-a-half-point spread. I think it'll be a close game for a lot of it, but I like to see it uh, pull away in the fourth quarter. Um, going to take gonna take the under on the 47-and-a-half. I don't like it to go that high. Mm. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Seattle and Vegas, probably one of the worst teams in FBA for either any category for fancy points allowed for defense. So if you got players, start them for either team. I think it's worth... Um, collecting some nice fantasy points this week, especially Devontae Adams. He's been kind of on a tear. But um, a game where both coaches could be fired at the end of the game, uh, depending, depending on who loses, or maybe they'll just get rid of both of them because they both suck. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> over under 47.5. A line of 4.5 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, it's not pretty for Clint, Cliff, no. blah, 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 well, Cliff Kingsbury so, or the other guy there. Yeah, yeah look, looking at... Looking at the matchups we had yet to talk about, I, I kind of knew this was the one you meant when you're talking about the coaches here. Because yeah, it's just uh, two teams in uh, in divisions that don't look as tough as we expected them to because of teams like these, um, <laughs> the NFC West, the AFC West. They don't look nearly as competitive as we thought they would be because we thought the Chargers would be above 500. We thought the <laughs> Cardinals would be above 500. Um, and, and both teams have excuses, but week 12, the excuses get old. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, 
the way man this is a tough one it, this almost feels like uh Raiders Broncos last week where you know somebody has to win um somebody <laughs> has to win this game so yeah I've got I'm gonna take the Chargers here I just I think that uh yeah I think I you know they still have their franchise quarterback on the field I think that could be the difference maker in this one um both defenses have lots of individual talent, but it's it's not it's not translating to good team defense. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the over, uh, but I take the Chargers to win and the Chargers to beat the spread. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars over under forty three and a half. Four-point favorite to Baltimore. The Scrappy Jags, man, keeping it close on the Vegas line, which I'm sure has been pushed because of uh, the betters in Baltimore. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of Russians in Baltimore these days. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, it's, in, it's interesting, though, nonetheless. Jaguars, they're competitive. They get a team there. No, I yeah, the, the Jaguars, they're going to make you earn it, but ultimately... Uh, you know, I, I like the Ravens and uh, most decent football teams when they're matched up with the Jaguars. Um, I think it's worth noting that the, the Ravens are going to have Mark Andrews back. It'll be his second week back. His last week was his first week back. Uh, they're getting him back into the groove of things. Um, it's just a, it's a much more dynamic offense when they have that middle-of-the-field threat with uh, Mark Andrews, um, someone that... Uh, that they can check the ball down to. So I like the Ravens in this one. Um, I'll take them to beat that spread. I think they win by, you know, six, seven points. Um, and I'm going to take the over on the 43 and a half. Okay. Uh, moving on. I'm sorry. We, there we go. The Well, we already mentioned them earlier. The, the futility continues in Denver, no matter who's behind the quarterback position at three and seven, the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers over under 35, 35. Holy crap. That that might be the lowest over under we've had this season. That could, that no. could be it. Thirty five. That is <laughs> at, intense. Two, at what two and a half point favorite Denver? Yeah. yeah. What are we gonna say at, about this? This. At what point with the Russell Wilson led Broncos do we start to look back on the the previous five seasons of Broncos quarterbacks and say, well, maybe it wasn't the quarterback because um, you know, like like we've already talked about, Trevor. Trevor Simeon is going to be going to be playing this week. Um, man, the Broncos, uh, I they should have won last week at home. Now they're on the road uh, against an NFC opponent that uh, is on its what third quarterback in three weeks. Um, Sam Darnold. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> last last week Jesus. it was Baker Mayfield. The week before that yeah. it was some other guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Broncos, I want, I want to take the Broncos to win and they are favored in this game and they should win this game. I mean, I'm taking the Broncos to win, but I'm just, I'm bracing myself for like, really, this, this is, this is where we are. The three and eight Panthers, um, the Panthers three and three at home, all three of their wins come at game at home this year. Um, Broncos one and four away, so uh, I'll be I'll be hoping 
I'll be hoping the Broncos can do it. I, the Broncos should do it. Logically speaking, I have to take the Broncos to win this game. But my expectations is going to be a lot closer than uh, Broncos fans and, and betters uh, want it to be. Uh, but two-and-a-half-point spread, I got to take the team to win to beat the spread. So that's the Broncos winning by three. Do you see the over under here? Thirty five points. Yeah, thirty five like point over times. under. It's just oh disgusting. god, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I got to take. I got to take the under on the thirty five. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this this could be a, you know, a twenty to fourteen game, and that's if one of these teams scores a lot more points than they usually do. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I like the under on the 35. I'll take Denver to win on the road. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. All right. Not much I can really say about it. It's just going to be a really ugly game. Carolina. Well, so here's here's the thing. Melvin Gordon got cut. I have no idea who's going to start in Denver other than Chase Edmonds. I don't know if they have anybody else up their sleeve. It's just not an offensive game worth me commenting on for fantasy relevancy. Um, so I think uh, Latavius Murray might be their guy Lata- this week. Oh, Latavius um, Murray. Okay. Chase, okay. Could be Chase Edmonds. Then. I saw something about yeah. Chase Edmonds. I think he might be a little banged up. Okay. Wow. That That is just putrid. They're going to start over in Denver. It's just it's so Oh, brutal. it's bad. It's, it would start yeah. over with what? I guess they did I'd get a, start. Uh, a draft pick for trading Chubb to the to the uh, Dolphins. But other than that, they they – they ransomed their future for the quarterback that's not producing. <laughs> Moving on. There's a couple more games left to talk about here. Tampa Bay at Cleveland, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Tampa Bay, over under 43. This is the run. This is this is the TV 12 run. we all seen it. We know it's going to happen. Just put on, just, yeah, just put the blanket over your head and let it happen, for God's sakes. Just well, and I, I, it's tough to know what, uh, what the Browns locker room is like right now. You know, Deshaun Watson is, is practicing with the team again. He still won't get Mm -hmm. to play for another week. Um, Does that energize the locker room or does the locker room say it's not real until next week? So, so it's tough to know what's going on with the Browns, but we know that the Buccaneers are playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the season uh, they're healthier than they were at the beginning of the season, especially with the uh, the weapons on offense. And uh, Tom Brady, uh, you know, the, those memes going around undefeated since finalizing the divorce, um, which was a real joke this last week because, of course, they were on a bye. Um, but, yeah, Tom Brady coming off the bye week, healthy Buccaneers team still uh, still in the hunt for a, a division title and, and a playoff berth. So, uh, and, and you know that, you know, regardless of what the rest of us are thinking or saying in the media, uh, Tom Brady is in that locker room and you got to assume that he's got the team believing that they could go to the Super Bowl and get another ring. So I like, uh, I like the Buccaneers in this matchup. I do think it's going to be tough. Uh, it's, it's always going to be tough as long as Nick Chubb is healthy. Um, because they can control the clock and they can get down the field and put points up. But uh, I like the Buccaneers to come away with this one. Three-and-a-half-point spread, I am going to take them to beat the spread. Um, maybe not by a whole touchdown, but I do like them to win by four points or more. And I'm going to take the over on the 43. Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> we're going to skip the Miami Texan game because that's obvious what will happen there. <laughs> um, so last one, the uh, New York Jets hosting the Chicago Bears, four-and-a-half-point four favorites of New York Jets, over a 39-and-a-half. Um, Justin Fields may not play. If I was them, if he had a dislocated left shoulder, I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't play him. Sit him down. No, I, I, I completely agree. Because, Why you know, would you play him? You know, the, yeah. the, the Bears were hoping that this guy would be the future when they drafted him. They were hoping that when they put him in starting in his first year um, after, like, three or four games. And, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, they, they've, they've stuck with this guy. They've seen him develop. He's gotten better every season. He's gotten sometimes better every week. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the future of the Bears right now in, uh, in a division that is nearly wide open. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think it's ridiculous for them to put him out there with any kind of shoulder issue. Um, you know, three and eight, they're not, that this is not the year for them. They are playing for next year and the years to come. So putting him in just doesn't make sense to me. What are you playing for? If not to be better in the future. Um, and you got to protect a, a young guy like Justin Fields, who's got so much talent. I mean, we've, uh, if you doubted it at any point, you don't doubt it anymore with the last three or four weeks that this guy's had. Um, even even since the beginning of the season, he's looked really, really good. So, you know, Trevor Simeon playing for the Bears, Joe Flacco potentially starting for the Jets. That makes this a really difficult game to pick. Um, really, I I got to go with the Jets here playing at home. Um, I give them a slight edge on defense, especially with some of the pieces that the Bears have traded away to, to put weapons around Justin Fields. Um, and those weapons will be available to Trevor Simeon. And maybe Trevor Simeon isn't as bad as all the quarterbacks looked with the Broncos. Um, but uh, even so, I, I take the Jets to win this one. Um, I am going to take the over on the 39.5 uh, Jets to beat the spread. Yeah. Okay. That will conclude week 12. A, well, I mean, it's the first time we've seen this in a long time uh, this season. We have a full slate of games. 16 games, my friend. It took us a while to get through them. It won't be as long next time. But nonetheless, we had a lot to talk about for Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. In fact, when you're at your dinner, dining room table, I wonder if you want to listen to your family talk about politics, <laughs> about <laughs> inner family drama, about generational trauma, right? Twitter. How about Twitter? Right, Twitter. Elon <laughs> Musk. Uh, hear me out, right? I'm not. I'm the sane guy here. But why not introduce two guys to to your family, right? Two guys one, <laughs> who both have beards, might be a little chubby, very handsome, very knowledgeable about football. If anything, but to get your uncle to stop talking about Donald Trump for five seconds, right? <laughs> this is it, my friends. We have 60, 66 episodes on the docket. This is 67. There's a full archive of everything you want to hear, including a eulogy to John Madden, as well as a recap of COVID-19 season, which we all want to remember because um, it was oh, yes. so memorable and, and just entertaining. <laughs> Back That's a good episode. Episode. People should listen episode to one. that one. <laughs> Very good. It's very good. Come a long way since then, but that's week one or two, or episode one or two, excuse me, since uh, that's, yeah, long time, almost two years since that, that aired. Um, until then, we'll always be here every yeah. single week. Please, please, please uh, like, subscribe, or review. Go ahead, Trevor. 
real quick, I got to do a shout out. We're recording this on Tuesday, November 22nd. Uh, so a shout out to a longtime listener. It's his birthday today. Thank you for listening, Jamie D. Progetto. Happy birthday. Good luck to you and your Dolphins this year. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you know, I could have had a lot of analysis about the Dolphins, but I decided to um, divert and just give them a win. So you're lucky. That's right. That's um, right. You, you could have got, <laughs> got me talking about Tua Tonga Vailoa's, um, I don't know, his height, uh, or possibly his, if he's susceptible to another brain injury, what might happen to him, or even uh, Tyree Kill's speed or lack thereof, you know, as the week goes, goes on. So uh, I could have said a lot of things. I didn't. So, Jamie, congratulations. You'll get a win this week for playing Houston. They might as well just give you the damn game and not even air it because at this point, Houston <laughs> doesn't have anywhere close to the firepower to keep up with Miami. That's our, our take on it. Until next time, you'll get more takes, more gravy, more of Cleo Koppel making the picks, <laughs> p- picking the spreads, and putting the money in the wallet, which you need for the holidays. Until then, next time, we are out.